This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Let's talk about NBA fever sweeping across Canada. It was an historic night for Canadian basketball fans. Last night, the Toronto Raptors won Game 1 of the NBA Finals against defending champions, Golden State Warriors. I mean, that Golden State Warriors team, I mean, they are just loaded. They're a superstar dynasty, historically great team. I was a little dubious about the Raptors' chances here, but, man, I thought the Raptors looked pretty awesome last night. They certainly deserve to be in the finals. Raptors player Pascal Siakam, what a great game he had last night. He spoke about the effect of the home crowd on the team last night. At home, I mean, the fans was amazing, man. I just want to say that um, from from – Coming out, you know, from warm up to to the, to the end of the game, the just the support and, and you know going crazy. Um, I never seen anything like that. Um, just you know, just happy to be a part of it. Oh, wouldn't it be awesome if they could pull this off? I'm on the bandwagon big time. Thursday night marked the first NBA Finals game to be ever played outside of the United States. Game two also in Toronto on Sunday. NBA fever spreading across Canada. But the Toronto Raptors remain Canada's only NBA team. Oh, if only Vancouver still had the Grizzlies. What a sad day that was when we lost our uh, NBA team. Let's check in now with Arthur Griffiths. He's the former owner of the Vancouver Grizzlies. I'm really pleased he could make some time. Hi, Arthur. Hi, Michael. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for coming on. You bet. Is, Is this a little bittersweet for you, watching the Raptors here and all the NBA mania sweeping the country here? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. I, I, uh, but but you know, to be honest with you, I'm just uh, I'm just ecstatic for the game uh, and, yeah. and in Canada and uh, the fans, whether they be Raptor fans or not. It's not very often Vancouver, right? Including myself included, are cheering for anybody from Toronto. So uh, that's a good thing, I suppose. But uh, yeah, it's a little bittersweet. But you know, life life uh, life does it what it does, and I'm just excited to see uh, what's going on in Toronto. Hope one day we'll get a team back. Raptors came into the league the same year as the Raptors, I recall, right? Yes, the Grizzlies and Raptors were the same year, the same expansion process, same expansion uh, uh, timeline. Uh, they, uh, of course, Toronto had to build an arena to to house the uh, eventual uh, Raptors, but uh, what we were we were under construction with uh, what was then GM place. Okay, looking back at 1995, that expansion year, Arthur, can you tell us a little bit about, of course, because everybody rem- remembers you with the, with the Vancouver Canucks. How did you get into NBA basketball? How did it come to be that you were part of the ownership of the group there for that brought the Grizzlies to Vancouver back then? Well, twofold. Uh, we were building the arena for the Canucks, uh, the new arena, GM Place, and now Rogers. And what we were what we were uh, cognizant of was uh, was well, first and foremost was that you know uh, an arena like that requires. Uh, uh, attendance it requires uh, uh, you know events if you want to call it that so another team uh, namely the NBA was a logical uh, thought process and then the second part of it was that I being a board of governor of the National Hockey League uh, knew owners who either owned stadiums like we were about to uh, and and had the multiple tenants and secondly some of them owned both teams as well so I got a bit of a first-hand look at what the business looked like from uh, an owner's perspective never mind an arena uh, ownership uh, thought. So the fact is, it was just uh, it seemed to me like a natural process, but we didn't have complete control of the agenda. That was the NBA, and in some ways, Toronto. 
I remember going to some Grizzlies games, and I really, really enjoyed them. It's a, it's an awesome sport to watch in person, especially if you've got tickets that are pretty close to the to the court because these athletes are just these huge guys they're just incredibly talented athletes it's such a a super entertaining sport that to be brought to especially when you're watching it up close what 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 were your thoughts and what it was like watching those games well you know it's it's correct the 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 sport actually because of the nature of you know there's not any helmets and face guards or anything like that Uh, you know you're you're and so for I think the thing that people really enjoy about it, and I do, uh, is that you can see all of the expressions and the, 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 the grit. But, but the other part of it is that you've got these very large men, and women, yeah. of course, but <laughs> with grace and finesse that you would think, how did that happen? And yeah. it's, how did they accomplish that? But it is, it is a great sport live, as you said, uh, in person and uh, and even right now, of course, on television, because you do get up close and personal, as they say. Speaking to Arthur Griffiths, the former owner of the uh, Vancouver Grizzlies NBA team, well, when the uh, the Grizzlies began, of, of course, they're an expansion team. They, di- they did not win a, a whole ton of games, but I remember that first season being very exciting for the crowds. I mean, how did, how did you guys do that first season for uh, attendance? Oh, attendance! I think we averaged about seventeen thousand. Uh, uh, we averaged about seventeen thousand uh, um, uh, spectators or fans, if you will. That's great. Um, but but our uh, our uh, perspective on the game was that we would do our best to compete on the court. But if we didn't entertain people at the front end, we were going to be in trouble in the terms of off the court. So that was my uh, my uh, goal: is that our team of operations off the court, entertain the fans, because that's what we can control. We can't control how well the team plays or any of that, but we did our best, and I think we accomplished it to create this spectacular entertainment experience for our fans. How did we end up losing the team? Yeah, very simple story. Um, My partner, after I sold the team, and both teams to John McCaw, uh, he sold, uh, within about a year, I believe, uh, the team to a guy by the name of Michael Heisley. Uh, it was intended, uh, or at least we were led to believe, to keep the team here. But he clearly had an intention of moving uh, the Grizzlies from Vancouver, in this case to Memphis, and mm-hmm. uh, had to demonstrate to the NBA that the team was not, uh, uh, how would I put it, viable. And it's, that was hogwash. It was rubbish. Uh, the commissioner then, now, now the commissioner now recognizes that was not the case. However, uh, you know the case was made. We had to do uh, we had to do uh, uh, our best to convey that information to the um, 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 what do you call it uh, the commissioner that we would be viable and we were supposed yeah. to keep it for five years and uh, we intended to do that, but unfortunately the league got uh, I guess I call it hoodwinked. It's a darn shame uh, for Vancouver. I, I think. Do you think we'll ever get an NBA team in Vancouver again? Well, it comes down to two things. Uh, it, it, I think the the other historical questions that needed to be answered would have been: would it would it work, be viable? That's not a question any longer. The questions are uh, the arena, and someone needs to strike a deal uh, with the existing arena or or build another one. And the other option would be, of course, is to find the investor group that believes that the investment uh, would not. Uh, uh, lose a great deal of money, uh, if any, it shouldn't. And then uh, secondly, uh, could they afford the price? Seattle's getting a, an NBA team, right? No, there's been lots of rumors. They're getting an NHL team, uh, which will be open up in a year or a bit. 
year and a bit now, uh, but uh, they're building a brand new arena on the old arena site. And so there's lots of rumors that they're going to put forward a request for a team. I, I would hope that what we would do here in Vancouver, or apart from Seattle, whatever they do, is to to seek out if there was a, an appetite for it, for maybe a relocation. And if they decide to expand at some point down the road, that the Vancouver investor group was uh, ready, willing, and able to uh, put their foot forward and their money. Just got a minute left here, Arthur. Are you a Raptors fan? Yes, I am. Uh, I, Larry Tannenbaum, uh, you know, the chairman and one of the owners in Toronto, and I go way back, in fact, to the Grizzlies days. And uh, he wasn't an owner. He was actually an unsuccessful bidder for the team in the beginning. And uh, it ends up owning it now. But uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan. I, I, I love what they've done uh, to, really, they've, they've recognized they've got the country uh, uh, by the tail, so to speak. And I think, yeah. uh, as I said to someone yesterday, look, at the end of the day, uh, it's not very often. I can think of the last time that our country was united around a sporting event. It was 2010, the gold medal game against the Americans. Yeah. Right. And that's what's going on tonight, uh, or sorry, right now. And I'm, I'm, I think that's good for, it takes distraction away from stuff that's uh, not always okay. very pleasant and positive, And this is a good thing for all, for all. Thanks for taking the time today. You bet, guys. I Thank appreciate that. Arthur Griffiths, the former owner of the Vancouver Canucks, and of course, the Vancouver Grizzlies. Maybe one day we'll get an NBA team back in Vancouver. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.